Welcome, Legends, to the Hubcast, your central hub for everything Apex. A podcast by fans, for fans. Tips and tricks, deep dives, and everything you need to know from your first drop to that last head pop. Adairy, legendary, what's up, Legends? Welcome back to the Hubcast. I am your host, Nick. Here with me today, as always... Oh, you already know it's Nate. I mean, I I need no introduction. You don't? I don't. No, thank you. It's it's me. It's Nate. Hello. Hi. How's everybody doing? Nate, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing fine, I guess. it's. I'm doing good. Uh, Before we drop into Kings Canyon, let's get some grinding out of the way. You can go to our Twitter, at ApexLegendsCast, or to our Gmail, at apex legends hubcast at gmail.com you can contact us there give us some reader mail give us some questions to talk about or any tips and tricks that you would like to give us also our tx3 productions at tx3 productions on twitter and if you like what we do here and you like to support us you can go to our patreon at patreon.com slash threat x3 productions we appreciate all of our patreons which is mavcop danny's and our boy, I'm not gay, I'm Kevin. Danny's Mr. nuts. <laughs> yeah! Uh, this is family friendly, sir. Okay, sure. Fine. Sir. Alrighty. So, we got a care package incoming. So, the big news of the week do you see what i did there yeah i did yeah you didn't yeah. have to explain it i feel like you just ruined thick the moment. boys getting some love so the i i hate that patches do this but the the patch 1.1.1 1. 1. 1, <laughs> right one how hold on 1.1.1 1. 1. 1. okay i'm just making sure i got enough ones in there all right the thick boys are the ones that kind of got the most attention and that is because they now have a second passive, which is a plus 10% damage reduction, which they call Fortify. And so Gibraltar and Caustic are the two biggest hitboxes in the game, basically. Um, even after them adjusting the hitboxes, which, you know, I, I don't know the science behind that. I mean, you know, like, okay, they adjusted the hitboxes and, and they kept reading the data i'm sure i'm sure that's what they were doing that was one thing that they kind of put in in like the public you know forms and everything like hey we're looking at the data we're always constantly trying to keep our eye on this basically and so even after changing their hitboxes they're like okay well we still need some type of a reduction uh and so that's what we got we got a 10 percent damage reduction what are you thinking about this so the thing that's the most interesting, especially from the actual patch notes themselves, is they bring up Pathfinder in this, too, mm-hmm. in terms of when they're talking about Thick Boys, Pathfinder's included. I didn't realize Pathfinder's hitbox was of the same caliber as Caustic's and Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. But with, uh, but basically what they say after that is that they did the testing and Pathfinder's really didn't change like as far as with the Fortify, so they're doing something separate with him. They're not just, they're, they're not doing the same thing with uh, Pathfinder. So it's primarily the, the big boys caustic yeah. and Gibraltar here. So that's what I found interesting was that Pathfinder was lumped in there. And I just, I guess mm-hmm. I just, 
I guess I just never realized that his hitbox was the same size, pretty much. I mean, I guess. Yeah, you wouldn't think so since he is like kind of skinny in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, the main the the main things that they changed was obviously the fortify for both caustic and Gibraltar, but then also for caustic, the gas damage per tick or it was increased from one to four. So now if you're inside the gas, it's no longer just a minor annoyance. It's giving you a little bit more, I guess, agency to go ahead and go, okay, I need to get the F out of here, right? Yeah, there were a lot of like really minute stuff that they added to, but it, it's also they consider a lot of quality of life adjustments. So that's mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, another one with Caustic is his ultimate throw distance increased from 28 to 33 meters. Right. So for all that's you not nerds something... out there, who yeah, are exactly, like... <laughs> exactly. Now, all you Europeans something... with your metric systems, <laughs> screw yourself, man. How yeah, many not... inches is that? I need to know in inches. We all need to know in inches. Um, that's not something I think I would have really even noticed if they didn't say anything. Like right, they said yeah. something, I might. But again, caustic in particular, I don't run a lot. It, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So it's one of those. But um, Gibraltar got some love too in terms of it. I feel like this one's a little bit. Hold on, I have a gas joke. I have a gas joke, okay? Okay. Okay. So, Daddy had a huge meal of beans and broccoli, and so the damage is a little bit more. Boo, boo, boo. All right, you can continue with Gibraltar, I guess. So, with Gibraltar, the thing that I think is going to be more useful than anything is they increase his gun shield health from 50 to 75. Yeah. So, although... That seems very incremental. Think about it in the sense of when Call of Duty changed their health from 100 to 150. I mean, you, even you though it's a Call small, of Duty. Is this it's, a Call it's, of Duty it, podcast? I mean, it's not a Call of Duty podcast, but I mean, Call of Duty is the most recent shooter that's in the mainstream that's changing things that is, is direct correlation. Even though 25%. Are you, you got your math right? Yeah, it is 25. Okay. Even though 25% doesn't seem like a lot, it actually kind of is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that one I think is going to be more noticeable than his, than Caustic's throwing distance by a couple meters. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it in in terms of like shots or whatever, even like your most highest caliber, you know, damage, that really kind of gives you like an extra shot. So in that extra shot, you can kind of hopefully turn the tables, you know, like and especially like shotguns, for instance, because they're such widespread. If they're not right on you, you know, one shot might get rid of the 75, like, but they'd have to be like literally right on you. And so I, I feel like that little bit is enough, especially if they're trying to get you with you know, maybe an assault rifle. So maybe they're mid range. They're getting you with an assault rifle. It's going to take at least three shots, maybe even four, depending on what they're using to get through that shield now. Whereas before it was like two or three, you know, and in a multiplayer game where it's as frantic and as fast as this game is two or three shots difference, one or two shots difference can make or break an encounter. Definitely. Absolutely. All right, then we also had some weapon balancing. So the main ones that got some adjustments were the sniper rifles, the Havoc, and Wingman and Spitfire. So for your sniper rifles, all three of them, the G7, Triple Take, Longbow, DMR, got a lower leg shot 
damage reduction. So it went from 25% to 10%. A reduced base weapon sway by about 33%. So that's really good as far as, you know, you don't have to worry about, like, feeling like you're drunk or something. Uh, reduced base sway speed by about 25%. So now even when you are swaying, you're not swaying as fast. So that's kind of cool. And it also kind of changes the game up for people who want to main sniper rifles uh, then more specifically for the longbow dmr and increase the fire rate from 1.2 to 1.6 and so i guess going back to what we were saying about the one or two shots being a difference in this fast paced of a game if you get that extra split second to get a second round off before they are able to that could be really good um, then they increase the magazine size for the base five to six for the common six to eight rare eight to ten and the epic ten to twelve so now your top tier is 12 rounds so it's basically doubles from the base obviously um the havoc increases the base magazine from 25 to 32 and i feel like for the fire rate that's probably a really good base right yeah it it, it is um any increase in magazine is going to be beneficial depending on what the weapon is. Of course, if it's an overpowered weapon, mm -hmm. then any kind of change you do needs to be very moderated. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the Havoc, the Havoc already has, like, it's it's very slow. Well, not very slow, but it has its slow, like, charge mm -hmm. rate until it actually gets to start firing. So I think that it's beneficial if you add, like, fire rate, especially to any kind of LMG or, like, heavy machine gun. So it's definitely wanted. Yeah. Or warranted. Yeah. Um, then it's charge beam. It reduced cost per shot from five to four. Increased the close range damage from 55 to five. Once again, that kind of goes back to what I was saying before. That basically adds on one less shot you might have to take. Increased the damage at range from 45 to 50. Close range damage fall off increase from 35 i don't even know what that means 35 meters to 75 meters i know like what are what's the m stand for <laughs> i'm just kidding anyways uh range damage fall off increase from 75 to 125 so you're getting much better range from this and it seems like in general if you look at the charge beam and you look at the sniper rifles just like long distance in general is getting some love here that seems to be like one of the focuses for this particular patch now, the thing I'm worried about is the wingman. No, really? Yeah. Why, sir? So, the reason why I'm worried about the wingman is they didn't, I don't think, really gave it any love. It, they, they took some love away from it. So, what yeah. they did was they reduced the magazine size. So, your base mag is going to be reduced from six to about four. So, I mean, if you don't have the wingman and a mag extender right next to it, you might as well not pick it up because four rounds is ridiculous. And it just seemed like... Like you were saying before, it's just getting less love rather than everything else has been getting more love. So, I don't know. It seems off to me. Well, it it seems like it's fair because they, they did do some... We'll cover the Spitfire here in a second, but the Wingman and the Spitfire both seem to be kind of OP weapons to a lot of people. So, they may be trying to moderate that. But go, but basically, following the magazine from the base, your common uh, extender is going to be from 8. Instead of 8, it's going to be 6 now. Rare is only dropping 1, which doesn't make sense, from mm. 9 to 8. And oh, then the Epic weird. one's dropping from 12 to 10. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to know from you guys. Go to our Twitter. Go to our Discord. Going from six to four, I mean, that just doesn't make sense because, after all, this is a revolver. Revolvers typically have, you know, six, if not five. And so this just seems like a really weird change to me. And so the, the main question I have for you guys on Twitter and Discord is, would you have rather them lower the damage rate? I personally would have rather them see lower the damage than lower the amount of bullets I'm out of, I'm able to put out because I don't know if they did some internal testing and, and so that's what they came up with was the rounds rather than the damage. But to me, I personally would rather just lower damage than lower amounts of rounds because then you have to reload and, I don't know. So that's what I want to know from you guys on Discord. Go to Discord. Go to our Twitter. Let us know. Would you Do you like the reduction in ammo or would you have preferred damage? So now, moving on. On the Spitfire, again, taking away some love, they reduced the base damage from 20 to 18. Mm-hmm. They also reduced the magazine extender attachments as well. So common mag instead of 45 is going to be now 40. Rare is going to be from 55 down to 45 so yeah that epic, one's double jeez and the epic extender is going from 60 to 55 so i mean those numbers spit, don't make sense the well not only that but like i'll admit that like spitfire is one of my favorite ones because i'm almost guaranteed like we talked about this when we ranked the weapons i'm almost guaranteed a kill with the spitfire so them doing this is weird because then kind of like i was just saying about the wingman not only are they reducing its base damage but they're also giving you less bullets to begin with, or I guess not to begin with, the base isn't what's changing. It's the extending mags. So why would they do both? Because it kind of seems like reducing the base damage to 18, I don't necessarily agree with it. However, now they're doing that and the magazines, it kind of seems all over the place. Yeah, if the, I mean, they if they did the same thing with the wingman, reduce the damage and the magazine size, that mm-hmm. would be like, okay, you're definitely trying to nerf this. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, my whole thing is like, why, if they're reducing, why reduce the extended mags, mm-hmm. but not the base? I mean, I, I know it's yeah. an LMG, so it needs to have a high amount of, especially compared to other to assault rifles, it needs to have a, a high magazine. Right. But, right. well, there's just the thing that doesn't make sense is, is the difference. So, from common, you're basically losing five rounds, but with rare you're losing ten, and then with epic mm-hmm. you're losing five. So, what's so special about yeah. rare that you're losing ten rounds? Other, The only thing I could think of is it goes 40, 45, 55? Like, but that doesn't seem to like make more sense. I mean, jumps up by I don't know. Yeah, this this is a little weird because even if you think about it, from the way it was before is that from common to rare was a jump of ten, then from rare to epic was a jump of five, and so now we kind of have it the other way around. Whereas the jump from common to rare is only five, and rare to epic is ten. So I guess if you technically look at it that way, that does make sense because the epic jumps up ten instead of five. But then, like, I don't know. I guess I would have rather, like, just, you know, 10 the whole time or 5. I mean, we're getting into the super minute details. I hope you guys are here for all the meters and stuff because we're giving you all of them. Uh, now, the last thing is they did make some adjust- adjustments to gold weapon attachments. Mm-hmm. So the Gold Havoc now has a turbocharger and now has a 1 to 2 times variable hollow sight. Mm-hmm. 
the gold R301 now has uh, the same thing, a one to two times variable hollow sight. And the gold wingman now has a digital threat. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I mean, now you only have 10 rounds. Yeah, now you only have 10 <laughs> rounds. That's true. Um, so this is an event that happened. Unfortunately, it's done by the time you're listening to this, or it was done by the time we were recording it. So in honor of the thick boy buffs, from approximately the 16th to the 18th, uh, your first top five of the day, where your squad places fifth or better, will grant you one full bonus battle pass level. So it was almost like a free skip. Yeah. I like this, even though yeah. if you're listening to this, either you did it or you're just now finding out about it, but you missed it. I think this is really cool. I think this is something yeah. I would like to see them do going More forward mm-hmm. with, with their stuff. Going back to Call of Duty, Nick's going to yell at me. Okay. One thing that Call of Duty does is in Black Ops 4 is they have a daily tier skip. So you play once a day for like maybe a couple matches and you'll get the skip mm-hmm. for that tier. That I like. Now, I don't like playing Black Ops 4, but I think it's a cool system that they have to not make you have to play an excessive amount to get through your, you know, tier for the day. So if they can do something like that or implement kind of uh, more events like this on a frequent basis, um, I think that'd be really cool. I think that's a really good step that Respawn's taking there. Yeah, definitely. I would like to just see more stuff like this. You know, double XP or double XP for certain things. Like, get us to play the game differently. So maybe it's double XP for support support double xp for kills you know make it so that like we have to play a a different way than what we're used to i would really like to see that uh another thing that i noticed actually before i read this i jumped into a match and i noticed immediately they increased the jump ship speed by 50 percent you are speeding over the map now and i kind of like that because there was definitely some parts because uh me and you nate have a pretty similar strategy in that we usually try to pick a area that's the furthest down the line and also kind of the furthest away we try to pick an area that like maybe not a lot of people are going to pick so now getting to their double the speed is like yes please yeah yeah and i noticed the last couple of rounds that we played it seemed almost like a slog it seemed almost like a slog just getting through like going to where we're gonna go because especially the last one we did i think when we head to the um the arena yeah and it was like all right checking my watch it's taken yeah, it a while like, to get there it's like when do you <laughs> usually jump oh i usually jump about 1000 and that's when mavcop decided it. i'm like i, I was gonna say 1000 not 1100 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just some quality of life fixes some kind of general yeah. all-around noticeable stuff and some stuff that's just kind of like okay but again going back to like the wingman and spitfire i can see that this is them trying to do their best as far as balancing mm-hmm. what weapons are considered op um so we'll see what they do we'll see what they do going forward yeah I mean, they're going to extrapolate data, get their meters together, and their synapses are going to be firing. It's all going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be, it's going to blow you away. Bigly. So that's all we have for you in the care package. Really good uh, patch. Some really good notes from it. And I, you know, I like most of it. Kind of didn't like it. Like some of it. So let us know what you guys thought about the patch, what you have been experiencing after the patch 
Do you like it now? Do you like it less? Are you more or less likely to choose Gibraltar? Are you more or less scared when you come up against a Gibraltar caustic? You know, let us know. You can let us know at TX3 Productions or at Apex Legends Cast. You can let us know there on our Twitter. All right, now it is time for the topic of the week. All right, so the topic of the week is not going to be Apex focused specifically. So this is going to be a little bit weird, but but stick with us here. It's it's kind of some really exciting news. Stick with us, we'll go slow. <laughs> right, right, right. So if you haven't seen Mark Cerny came out, he's one of the lead architects on PlayStation, and kind of broke down and revealed the details about what the PS5 is going to be. Now, in in correlation to that, today there was an article coming out that was basically Xbox saying, hey, it's cool that your stuff's going to be powerful, but ours is going to be even more powerful. So the like measuring contest is already beginning, so, and the, these consoles aren't even out yet. But um, what I wanted to bring up is is what this could mean for not just gaming, but in particular shooters going forward. So there's a lot of really, really cool stuff that, uh, starting off with the PlayStation that Mark Cerny brought up. I'm not going to go into all of it because a lot, a good bit of it's like very minute. Um, but in terms of what I think is going to be the, the best thing about it is, for one, the PS5, whatever they're going to call it, is going to have an SSD stock in it instead of just a hard disk drive. So... What that means is, of course, if you don't know what SSD is, your load times in games are going to be almost non-existent, uh, at least starting out. So obviously, that's great. You know, you're going to be able to read the data a lot faster and be able to get into the games a lot faster as well. The biggest thing here is going to be in terms of, and this is, keep in mind, guys, this is really nerdy stuff, <laughs> but the biggest thing here is what they're going to be doing with their processors and their graphics for the new consoles. So with the PS4 and Xbox One, when they came out with their processors, they were based on AMD's like Jaguar processors, which were mainly designed for mobile stuff. So it looked good, but of course it could look better. The ones that are coming in these new consoles are going to be based on AMD's new Ryzen chips, which are the ones that we're already seeing used mainlined in PCs. So there's not like a like a generation behind as far as the tech goes. It's it's going to be pretty on par with what you could buy just straight for your PC. So that's, that's going to mean a lot of different things. It's going to mean that it just it's going to be way more powerful than the previous generation, which you know we're come to used to by now. But especially with their GPUs, they're starting at least PS5 with um, AMD's Radeon Navi hardware. So what all this like technical mumbo jumbo is that I'm saying is that this could mean a lot of really cool advancements in this next generation for shooters in particular. So one of the things is that they're going to bring ray tracing graphics to game consoles for the first time with this new graphics card hardware, which ray tracing we've just seen recently with uh, NVIDIA's uh, RTX line, and we're going to see it in the next couple of years in these consoles. So that can mean a couple of different things. One of them, that we might not be locked at 60 frames anymore. You might be able to get the same frame rates that you can get on PC, 120 frames per second on a console for the first time, which would just be ungodly. I mean, think about playing Apex and 120 frames on a PS4, or sorry, on a PlayStation or on an Xbox. 
that's something that's a feat in and of its own. So what I really wanted to talk about is, do you think that, because obviously we see trends, do you think that we are going to see a massive shift in how especially shooters are going to be developed for these consoles pretty soon going forward, or do you think it's going to be about the same? Well, I think the, the main thing that words you said was the ray tracing. And I mean, the, the biggest thing um, about that is the fact that like, that's the type of stuff that like movies use. So having that style in our video games, like I would argue we've already gotten like kind of photorealistic with like battlefield one and just like anything that like is on the dice engine. And so the thought of having that kind of realism, but then somehow more than that, because of the way, you know, all the technical jargon, you know, the ray, what ray is tracing. Ray, shining, ray tracing, ray tracing, the way the ray tracing is made. I mean, like Thanos is probably a really good example. When you look at Thanos, like it looks like a real person. It looks and feels like this, this, you know, this force to be reckoned with. And part of that 100% has to do with the fact that when you look at him, you don't really see a CGI character, a CG character. Yeah. You just see a character. And so the fact that we could have that on our consoles is just amazing because like the full immersion that could be made from this. Another thing is, um, I don't know if you said it because I blacked out. But another thing is the fact that we are going to have VR. So imagining VR, but also these kind of graphics that are movie quality just makes it even more immersive, even more like you feel like you're in the world itself, you know, and that kind of endless possibilities. Plus, you got, you know, the stadia where you don't even need a console for it. So, yeah, I think that... (sighs) You're right. Yeah, that's something I haven't really thought what? about. What? <laughs> I am? That's something I haven't really thought about uh, in terms of like the graphics-wise. My whole thing is I think we finally hit that point where photorealism, we are like right on that precipice. So what right. I'm excited to see is what they can do on top of that, on top of being photorealistic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, seeing mm-hmm. how they can render out texture, seeing how they can actually like incorporate more of a smooth motion blur, like see what they can do with the actual mechanics. And that's why, especially when it comes to Apex, if you guys haven't seen gameplay of someone running Apex on a high-end PC, it's night and day. Yeah, it is yeah, gorgeous. So that's exciting for me to be able to, because I'm a PC player as well. I have I built my own PC. I'd love it, but playing on PC is such a headache, especially if you're primarily a console person, just because you oh, yeah. you you turn on the controller, start playing. That's it. PC, right. got to make sure my drives are updated. I had an issue in whenever I was playing Anthem where my sound didn't play for a mission. I have no oh, idea yeah. why. My drivers were updated. Um, in, in your in your defense, that's just Anthem. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was my- In your defense, you're not illiterately, um, you know, computered. Um, it's just Anthem. No, uh, funny story is like, I, I was checking this site and I'm like, you know, can I play this game or whatever? And it's like, it turns out like state of decay, which is like years old now, but state of decay, I could run into my computer. I'm like, Oh cool. So then I started playing it and like, 
I think I was playing it and um, Link and Coach and T Voles, they were in the background and I'm like, Man, this rain this gun or look this game is running like crap. Like what the heck? Like it said I could handle it or whatever. And they're like, Oh, do you have your driver? And I'm like like, does that not come with the computer? They're like, no, did you in download a driver? And I'm like, you're saying words, but I just don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you got to install a driver. And I'm like, why is that not already on my freaking computer? Like, yeah. if I'm supposed to have that to run games, why do I have to download it? And they're now, just like, uh, a lot of people are, are console trash. Yeah. A lot of people are talking <laughs> real excited about PS5 for playing a game like Horizon 2 and playing like a new God of War game on that. And I am, I'm 100%. Horizon 1 Dawn. Horizon 1 Dawn. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for that too. But uh, again, I think that we can see a massive upgrade in how console players are playing shooters like apex or call mm -hmm. of duty or really anything battlefield already has taken advantage of that like even on a console it looks gorgeous it looks right. absolutely gorgeous now frostbite engine sucks but for battlefield mm -hmm. it's great <laughs> like that's right, that's the thing course. that we've we've heard time and time again with anthem and with other games like frostbite is just not a good engine to use so if we're able to to see on every shooter what battlefield can produce like year after year and that be the standard for the industry, I think that'd be phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Right. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. It's it's interesting, you know. And I do I do feel like PlayStation Four was like the first time I felt like I basically have a PC, you know, right? Because right. like the PlayStation Three with its you know weird core system, cell processor, and, it was yeah, trash. It, it, it was just. It was so hard for people to develop for, and even the people who had been doing it for years, they really didn't perfect it until, like, the end of it when they had, like, the last Yeah, the, and it's one so, of those that I had predominantly, like, that generation, I was predominantly an Xbox 360 player, and it wasn't until towards the end that I actually got a PS3. But I remember, like, I've always noticed visuals, but I could always be like, you know, oh, that looks fine enough. I remember specifically um, I had beat and played through Black Ops 2 on Xbox, and then when I got the PS3, my buddy got me a copy of Black Ops 2 for, for PS3 for Christmas. And I played, like, a mission that I'd played over and over again. I'm like, this looks noticeably terrible. Like, this looks legitimately way worse than it should for a console that's comparative to something else that came out at a similar time. Right. And, and it wasn't until, like couple years later that i actually got into the architecture of it i was like oh okay and then you can even talk about games like skyrim skyrim's the biggest offender of the cell processor of how mm -hmm. it ran pretty well on xbox 360 and then it just did not run on ps3 whatsoever mm -hmm. so it's it's and what's what's definitely cool about this generation that we're in and this goes back to the ps5 ps5 is going to be backwards compatible with ps4 we kind of knew that was going to be a thing but the reason why that is is because starting with the PS4, it's basically a TV PC. Mm -hmm. And so because they're the same architecture, they can easily copy over games to play on, you know, PS. So I think going forward with the, in, granted years from now, everything might just be a streaming box, but going yeah. forward, starting with the PS4 and Xbox one, there's not going to be an issue with backwards compatibility anymore, which I think is phenomenal. Thank God. Right. I mean, and I mean the thought of like being able to play a game like Apex. So let's let's bring it back to Apex, right? Because this is the Apex podcast. But anyways, but being able to play a game like Apex, but now I'm being able to play it on what is essentially like an ultra setting type of computer is really exciting because like until you experience 
120 frames per second. It's hard to explain to a console peasant why 120 frames is important. It's just like, like you look at you, you look at um, like science, for instance. And science tells us that we can't even see more than 24 frames per second. Which is BS. So, well, right. But I'm just saying science. Science, bitches. But anyways, like, that's why it's hard to explain, like, why 120 frames per second is important. You know, it's like, do you really even notice the difference? Like, that's that's what's so confusing about it. But until you do experience that, and I can I can say that, you know, firsthandly, like until I saw that, until I saw like VR is another really good example. You you started to say that until you see VR and you experience it, it's really hard to explain because like you can see a video of a VR on YouTube and it 100 percent does not do it justice. Because what you're not getting is you're not getting the 3D effect of it. When something's close to your face, it feels close to your face. You know, and it's like you can't get that in a YouTube video. And so when you when you watch a trailer for, for I don't know, I guess, let's just say Resident Evil 7 and it's in VR. And all you see is that there's the hands moving around in a weird way and it's you know jolting its head around like when you see that it's you know it's just like okay yeah this does not look good why what is the big deal about vr like until you experience it and you have it like on your face and you're in that world it's so hard to explain and i I mean obviously we can equate that to frames per second until you get there until you understand really like why is it important to literally have double the amount of frames it's like a good example going to vr is like the london heist i remember seeing gameplay and like trailers from stuff at like best buy or like on youtube of what the london heist gameplay on the i think it's the vr worlds yeah i think that's a disc yeah VR and i'm like i'm like, like that. that looks cool but it looks kind of like it looks kind of bad like graphics wise right. but whenever i put it on and tried it at a buddy's house and was like bobbing and weaving my head and like aiming up to shoot like it was like oh this feels like this is what vr mm-hmm. is and you know mm-hmm. it's it, i i hate when people talk about oh you can't notice the difference the biggest example i've ever had is love the batman arkham games played through mm-hmm. them multiple times on xbox primarily um but i remember the first time i got the collection on pc on steam i was like let me go back and play arkham city it's been a while it was in 60 frames immediately i was like for one i noticed this for second wise i like it better in 30 frames like some games i think are better Mm -hmm. in 30 frames like just seeing it in 60 i was like okay i'm getting a little nauseous like it's running too fast and i don't think it looks (laughs) like too many graphics batman and stuff like that game is cinematic i think it needs to be 30 frames you know so Mm -hmm. some games Mm -hmm. but like apex and shooters are the biggest one Shooters don't need to be locked at 60. They're, like, crisp at 60, but if you have something that's running a high performance and can handle the the load, per se, like a shooter at 120, it just makes that experience a lot better. And it also, in some ways, depending on your skill, can make you better at the game because you're able to see mm-hmm. things faster. You're able to react faster than you would just at a normal lock 60. Yeah, definitely. Now, as far as I brought up the Xbox thing, the Xbox there's no real news about it all they really just said was hey ours is gonna be more powerful ours is better yeah pretty much (laughs) so as far as when we'll (laughs) see this um we have uh matt piscatella who's an npd analyst he's predicting that we'll get an announcement for both of these consoles this year and they'll release sometime next year um yeah i'd say that's pretty much on par 
as far as if you look back at the years when the PS4 and Xbox One launched, we're, we're pretty much set for that timetable. Um, so hopefully it's soon. Hopefully we'll be able to get our hands on these and, and experience what gaming is going to be going forward. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I'm less weary about this generation because like we were saying, it's pretty much just now it's a lot more like a PC. So I know that for a good year, maybe even two years, I'll still be able to play on my PlayStation four. I don't have to feel like, Oh, I have to change to the PlayStation five now. I will, you know, and that's I 100% very, will. Oh <laughs> I yeah. Will yeah. Like I I, if I have the ability to, yes, I absolutely will. But I'm just saying, I like the, the comfort pillow, so to speak, that I can just like, I can lay back and I can just, you know, wait. I like that security blanket. Yeah. If you will. So. Now I, I do too, but I also hate my jet engine at the same time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. My, I have a Darth Vader PS4 with the Battlefront mm-hmm, edition, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I wear <laughs> headphones when I game because when I don't, the thing's just going. <laughs> Sorry, headphones. Honey, listeners. turn the vacuum off. <laughs> exactly, it's what it sounds like. So this thing, this thing will definitely need a break in in, in the next couple mm-hmm. years. Yep, 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 yep. All right, so. That was our topic of the day. What do you guys think about the upcoming console generation? Or, you know, what do you think about them darn console peasants in their poor, you know, 60, 30 frames per second? Am I right? Like, screw that noise, eh? I don't know why I went Canadian. I don't I'm either. So sorry I don't to, either. I'm so sorry to our brothers up north. Ancestors. Eh? <laughs> Anyways. All right. So let's go into our deep dive of the week. Today's deep dive is Mirage. Mirage's passive ability is Encore. You can automatically drop and cloak for five seconds when you're knocked down. This basically just means that when you go down, another version of yourself starts crawling around. And so this really just hopefully gives your team some extra time to take out the enemy and hopefully revive you. His tactical ability is the Psych Out. You send out a holographic decoy to confuse your enemies. Now, the thing about this is that you send out the decoy in the direction that you're looking but not only in the direction you're looking, but where your cursor is. So if you just look down at the ground, he's just going to go right in front of you. So this is definitely something to keep in mind when you're trying to figure out where you want to send your decoy. The ultimate ability, which is the vanishing act. You deploy a team of decoys to distract enemies while you are cloaked. The best thing about this is that the cloak itself isn't necessarily like the predator cloak. It is pretty translucent and you won't really be able to tell that much. You really have to be keeping a hard eye on it to really catch it. I'd say the only negative about this is that the decoys themselves will sort of just stand in a circle unless you happen to be standing next to an edge. And so the ones that deploy off the edge will start running in their respective directions so now that we've gone through the basics here are some tips and tricks to be a better mirage so one of the things to add on to the fact of uh, you just point your cursor where you want to send your decoy your decoy can be made to 
crouch forward if you're crouching. So it can kind of look like it's sneaking about, kind of mimic the actions that that you are making as the player. Uh, you can also send a sliding decoy if you are sliding as well. So it's not just an awkward change of, oh, I'm crouching, so I'm going to send my decoy, and he's walking and running. Or, like, I'm sliding, same thing. So it, it matches what you're doing, which is, which is pretty responsive, and it's a pretty cool trick that it's able to do. Probably one of the best features of the decoy is you can do it while you're healing. So even though both of your hands are busy healing yourself, you can still send out your decoy. Now, the decoy can also be deployed while gliding in the air, either after you launch uh, at the beginning or if you're using a redeploy. Uh, That's going to give you the potential to avoid enemy fire while they focus on your decoy. So if you're dropping in, you can uh, use the tactical ability, drop the decoy to make people think that you're going in that direction. Or same thing, if you're in the middle of a firefight and you go to use the redeploy, send it in a different direction so they can focus on on your decoy, not on you while you flee and, and recover what you need to best thing to keep in mind when it comes to that is it's going where you're looking so keep that in mind now the good thing is that your decoy doesn't just run out and that's all the uses it has if your decoy is shot it will briefly place a marker from where the enemy was a real neat trick is you can also use this if somebody throws a thermite grenade deliberately put the decoy into the fire and you'll display where the player is Now, you can also use the decoy to send it outside of cover uh, to see if any potential enemies are nearby. Um, Now, if the decoy gets obliterated, you can generally tell where the shots are coming from. So kind of in typical, if you're overviewing a firefight, you're obviously seeing what shots are coming from where. But if you send out your decoy as a distraction and it starts getting shot at, you can pretty much figure out where those shots are coming from so it's it's a good useful tip all around the decoy is just honestly really useful probably one of the more useful tactical abilities in the game now if you are in a close quarters combat you can send the decoy around uh, one side of an object and then run out from the other so that's kind of an obvious use of the decoy out of all the ones that that we've listed but it's still useful now when using your ultimate this makes you invisible and it increases your run speed so make sure to put your guns away to go even faster now you do have multiple options when you pop your ultimate Uh, you can either escape look for a place to hide figure out where everyone's at or you can use it to flank so just know you can't fire your weapon until the invisibility is over with so don't try and automatically start uh, returning fire to somebody once your invisibility is over then you can start shooting your gun now, as I stated before, the decoys themselves might not be that useful because all they kind of do is sit in a circle, but you can use this to your advantage because they can block incoming fire and they can just generally cause confusion. Now, finally, decoys can be sent to trip caustic traps uh, if for some reason you are not able to shoot them on the bottom to disable them or any means. So decoys all around, like I said probably statistically one of the more useful abilities in the game. So that is the basic and some tips and tricks to be a better Mirage. All right, and so that's actually going to be the show for us. Uh, if you'd like to write into us, uh, if you'd like to write into us, you can go to at Apex Legends Cast on Twitter or Apex Legends Hubcast at gmail.com you can also go to our discord which will always be in the description or pinned to the top Uh, our latest episode will always be pinned to the top and our link is on that 
So you can go to our Discord, and actually in our Discord, we're going to be making a brand new channel just for reader mail and just for questions. And so you can kind of do an AMA, and so we'll try to look at that, at least take a few from those for the upcoming weeks. All right, so that's it for the show. Thank you guys for joining us. This was Nick. And this was Nate. We'll see you down in Kings Canyon, where it's going to be legend. Wait for it. Oh, <laughs>